Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Throwback Thursday, Alice. Is it? It is indeed. It is indeed. On the radio show today, I did a Throwback Thursday to 1982, the last time inflation was this high, which were, um, whatever, since 1982, a year that I particularly loved, actually. Uh, the year I really fell in love, really over head over heels with baseball. Mm. I used to record. Mm, I used to record a lot of games and this and that. And it doesn't matter. So anyway, yeah, we had fun with it. And the administration's handling of the. If they, I don't even forget it. I don't even care. I did talk to Sean Maloney today, who's the military guy who I had on from the Royal Imperial Music Imperial Military. What's, an important military thing. Yes, he's an important okay. military thing. Where is he, Sean? We gotta get this right, Alice. I'm not gonna half-ass it anymore. Sean Maloney, military Canada. He is. I'm glad you asked, him, Alice, mm-hmm. because he is a professor of history at the Royal Military College. This and is the guy we heard on Quillette yesterday. Exactly. So I poached their guest. He was fun to talk to today. I want to play a little bit of it because he got into the mindset of not only. I mean, how this. Uh, this oh wow! Does this mean that? Uh... The Nameless Company put up your podcast today? Oh, yeah. They all went up today. <laughs> uh, not only the, uh, but uh, not only that, um, so he, um, but we talked about just like how the hell they found themselves in this situation. How are they sitting in this in this uh, column, you know, outside of Kiev with t- trucks that are broken, tires that are flat, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then we went into a little bit of the... Morale is happening to the Russians as well, and he kind of uh, he started to enjoy himself. and it's like you, you, like with, with any vehicle, if it sits there, it essentially deteriorates. So if you got to move it around, if, if these things have been sitting in storage sites for years and they haven't been maintained properly, we're not surprised this is what's happening. So it's just so. Un- I mean, doesn't somebody have to report the bad news to Putin? Isn't somebody going to hang for this? Yeah, but you're, you're dealing with a with a with a with a culture in a country where the where the lie is everything. Have you seen on Netflix the uh, there's a documentary called Icarus, which deals with the doping scandal. When you watch that, you realize just how corrupted and how much of, how much the whole thing is a lie. So somebody, the lower level commanders don't want to get in trouble, so they'll pop up and say, "Oh yeah, everything's fine," yeah. <laughs> right? and that's what's going on. That's got to be what's going on. It's got to be because I mean these guys, and I don't know. You said it's the um, March column. I don't know if it's still vulnerable, but I mean, with javelin missiles, et cetera, they can just pick off these. These guys are sitting ducks, aren't they? Hopefully. <laughs> I can't. I, I just find it unbelievable that this is happening, and it's. I realize that we the all Russians do. look, but I, I've been telling you. Like, I, I was I was the historian for the Canadian Army's Cold War commitment at the end of the Cold War. I, I watched. Hmm. I watched the, the, the Soviet, then the Russian army leave eastern Germany, leaving its stuff behind, okay? Mm-hmm. And, what we're deal- and we were up against a really formidable enemy during the Cold War. But that was the Red Army. This is not the Red Army, no matter hmm. 
what they say or what people think that it is, it is, it's not attitudinally that, it's not mm. ideologically that. You know, the, the motivation of the, of, the, of the conscripts is almost nil, it seems. I mean, a lot of vehicles are abandoned. People have dumped their body armor. They've legged it with their personal weapons. I'm, I'm getting mm-hmm. anecdotal accounts of this. It's hard to tell how widespread it is from a handful of accounts, okay? Mm-hmm. But I've got an account of a bunch of guys take their APC, they drive it into a marsh and burn it, and then <laughs> they're walking home to Russia. And they got an APC is a, an armored vehicle? Armored personnel carrier, yeah. Okay. Like, they thought they- so that you know how craven I am, I heard um, Jonathan Kay ask him that question. Exact question. So I knew the answer, but I wanted applauded from the teacher. You know? Uh-huh. That's right. Armored person will go, see, I did good. It's like it was you for a second in high school. Was... They, they, they were like, we're out of here, baby. And they got scooped <laughs> up with the Ukrainians. And they, then they explained what they had been up to. And, and things like that, right? Um, now, here's one for you. Um, the Ukrainians used the term marauder. And originally I thought it was like a negative, just a negative term for the Russians. They actually called the Russians orcs from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but... Oh, yeah. They talk about Orkestan and Orkagrad. And, <laughs> and, and so, but they were talking about marauders. And my, my wife says, hey, wait a minute. It doesn't, they're not using it in that context. And I said, well, what is it? He says, she's like, oh, they're like armed deserters. They are still in packs and they're, they're oh. looting and raping and hiding from their commanders, but not fighting. So hmm. you've got, you've got probably a sizable number of the so-called casualties are the marauders who just aren't reporting in. Their commanders may be reporting them dead. Hmm. Something like that. Oh, I can't my. tell for sure. I mean, I, I would never tell you what I'm telling with 100% certainty. These, this is what we're speculating. But given what's going on, it seems reasonable. There's a casualty numbers that are coming out are like off the scale, even though this is high intensity warfare. I mean, this isn't like Afghanistan or Iraq in the same way, right? Right. This is on another order of magnitude in terms of firepower and destruction. But, it, you know, the, the, num- the number of casualties they've taken. Uh, I got a source up in Belarus that probably has some relationship to the medical system, and they're processing a thousand casualties a day. Oh my now, goodness! Think about that. Wow, right? what a hornet's they've, nest! They've had, to, they've had to bring in pediatric surgeons from Russia because they've run out. And I understand pediatric surgeons can do certain things, and mm-hmm. they've looked for every burn doctor in Russia to go in there, and that makes sense given you know when you catastrophically detonate an armored vehicle and survive, you burned or Right, you know, eject from an aircraft. So, so they they've activated big chunks of the Russian medical system that handled the casualties. Hmm. And guys, I know it's gruesome and it sounds awful. And it- guys, who's guys? You and your listeners. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I think it's like because he's a professor. It's the class, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But understanding this is the only way we can understand what kind of damage is being done, and what yeah. the breaking point may or may not be. Wow. Wow, we are talking to Dr. Sean Maloney. So did Maloney. you ask him, like, what will it take for Putin to back out? Like, is there any breaking point? Because obviously Russians are famous for this. I think the last thing I'm about to ask, I think for, it's to, to ask him to prognosticate. I think okay. that happens. Mostly I laughed uproariously every few seconds at what he said. Sean, any, uh, any predictions? No. I'm an historian. I usually record and look backwards and yeah. cogitate. Predictions. I can say this though. There's a lot of there's a number of us. We talk about this daily, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And to us, the only way this ends is if, if Putin dies. Mm. Like no matter, it, it's almost like no matter what casualties they take, they're still going to keep doing something somewhere. Like and we haven't even gotten to the nuclear dimension of this up in the oh. Arctic, where they're flying bombers around, or when they're when they're activating and moving around their ballistic missiles, that kind of thing. I mean, that's been going on for two months. I've been watching it. There's a whole nuclear dimension to this thing, as well, right? So and you could, you, you had you had mentioned they could use a, a limited nuclear strike out of a cannon fire. Yeah, we yeah, it's sort of it's a battlefield nuke in a low kiloton yield range. I mean, if they wanted to generate Duh. damage, you you, you use that's the term what I said. Mini nukes. If you, they wanted to to really put a shot across the bow, they could they could do that. They've got them. I saw them coming in by train. Would that uh, trigger back, um, back, Article back, Five back, if they did that? No, because Ukraine's not part of NATO, right? Yeah, I just figured that because of nuclear fallout, maybe, but maybe, it was, I guess not. Yeah, if you airburst, you don't get a lot of fallout. You get a lot of shock and damage, right? I mean, yeah. people think Hiroshima, Nagasaki. You got nuclear weapons that you can you can tailor the output to do to do different things, right? So, but the problem here is is that this is one of the reasons he started Putin exercised the strategic nuclear forces 
Mm-hmm. It was a signaling for us to stay out of this. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it, you know, you've seen the, the, the discussion over the, the MIGs from Poland and all that. Well, we are yep. being deterred from from direct intervention, even though we support what's going on in there. So there are are these other things. And if, you know, there's this, this, there's this recent discussion in the past 48 hours um, of chemical weapons use. Oof. Okay, so... And then this whole this whole false flag stuff about bioweapons and right. on and on and on and on and on. I mean, it, he, it, he's got a lot of tools in the tool chest he could pull out. Wow. Hey, Sean Maloney, call. thank you so much. We've we got to go to the news here. Thank you for your time. Yeah. You were fantastic. I appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Take care. Take, take care. There is Sean. Here you go. Is an interesting orchestan mm-hmm. called the Orcs? That tells you, though, I mean, that tells you that social media... And the fact that every infantry person on both sides grew up with the internet the day they mm-hmm. were born. And that's a new thing, I think. And so maybe one of the reasons why these guys, these Russians want no problem, is that they were just playing Fortnite against some of these guys, you know, two months ago. And they're like, why are we here? Why am I not playing Fortnite? Or, 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 well, right. I mean, Ukraine and Russia, even pre-internet, were always very closely linked culturally. Right. And, you know, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that we might even like consider to be Russian immigrants in the U.S. today who are probably more technically Ukrainian by the lines that we're drawing now. It's, it, you know, because because this was part of the Soviet Union, it's sort of a... It's sort of a weird blend, but but more than that, I mean, it was part of the Russian Empire, right? So, and and in some sense, the origin of the Russian Empire, Kevin Roos, right? Like you say, Kevin Roos, Kevin, like yeah, like the what we think of as Imperial Russia in some mm-hmm. ways, uh, it originated in Kiev, Kiev, whatever we're calling it. Yes, ma. Like uh, Saint Princess Olga of Kiev. Yeah, I know. Who buried a bunch of her enemies alive after they killed her husband? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know. Um, do you like her, Alice? Yes, I do. Okay, I venerate her as a saint in my church. Actually, do you really? Yes, we do. Okay. Not for that. She converted no, to Christianity like later. I do a little bit. Yeah, you do. Great. <laughs> And because I'm a sick bastard, I like that you like it. <laughs> All right. So that's what's going on over there. I did see this this six-minute-long video today of Kharkiv, and which is the city which now is pretty much abandoned, but they were showing Ukrainian tr- troops hanging out. Uh, one of the guys, Ukrainian soldiers, said, these guys fight like it's World War II, the Russians. He said they come in a front column, in just like behind tanks, etc. He said they fight like it's 1941, a young... Ukrainian, and he says that they're that they're running circles around them. The Ukrainians are running circles around yeah, them. Probably some of their weaponry is from then too. <laughs> yeah, well, and and I'm also Not it great. also it showed there were dead body Russian dead Russian soldiers everywhere, mm-hmm. and Chechen soldiers, and I mean, their Russians are not doing a good job of retrieving the bodies. I guess they don't send them home. That's why they had incinerator trucks or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's not terrible. It's not good stuff. But, but they said that they left the they're leaving the Russian soldiers in the streets for the dogs. Wow. Yeah, it's a rough time over there. Uh, good time for the dogs. I mean, silver lining? No, no, no. Okay, I sorry. I don't know about that one. <clears throat> but uh, they also said it's funny because they also said that what they need are more planes. They need more planes and more javelins and everything like that. But they said, we need more planes. Send us more planes. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting that they said that. But we're not doing. Right. Because as we played yesterday, I think we played yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Blinken, I, I thought I had this. I don't, it, was, it was it's Kirby not, that said Kirby. it. Kirby. Let me see if I There we go. Here's Kirby saying... Nope, absolutely not. Don't need new planes. The Ukrainian Air Force currently has several squadrons of fully mission-capable aircraft. We assess that adding aircraft to the Ukrainian inventory is not likely to significantly change the effectiveness of the Ukrainian Air Force relative to Russian capabilities. But mostly. <laughs> that is a tricky worded thing. Yeah, but mostly it definitely will help them. Mm-hmm. It's not going to advantage them more uh, compared to Russian capability. Wait a second. That's word trickery there. If they have more planes, more pilots can get in them and blow up Russians. Mm-hmm. So this is such BS that he's saying. 
But he's it's saying, also what they are saying they want. Right. So we're directly right. saying their assessment of the situation must be wrong. No, it won't help you. Yes, help. it's helping us. I can Please tell you. send them. Therefore, we believe that the gain from transferring those MiG-29s is low. And finally. I do not believe this line, POS. Or damn, I do. I, nope. I, I, who's the guy? Who's the Russian spokesperson? Is it Lavrov? Lavrov. I believe him. I have. I believe him more than I believe John Kirby and anybody in this administration. The intelligence community has assessed that the transfer of MiG-29s to Ukraine may be mistaken as escalatory ah. and could result in a significant Russian reaction that might increase the prospects of a military escalation with NATO. There Therefore, we, go. <laughs> we also assess the, the transfer of the MiG-29s to Ukraine to be high risk. Right. That's the real reason. And, you know, I mean, I'm not in favor of doing anything escalatory with Russia, frankly, either. But, you know, we should be honest. It would help the Ukrainians. That's the reason that we're not doing it, because it would help them. And anything we do that helps them would be seen as escalatory by the Russians. So that sucks. But what we could have done to help the Ukrainians originally was have a harder line stance to Russia from the get-go and not cave to them and give them everything they ever wanted for the past year, as Biden did. But once, I, I don't know, it's like one of these things. Once you're at this point, it's hard to know what we can do to actually help. Right. You know, but never well, fear. First of all, our assessment was that it was going to be a route. So what do right. we know? What do we know? It, these guys, these Ukrainians apparently know how to do some pretty awesome stuff. So why wouldn't you facilitate it more? Well, right. I mean, facilitate it, though. I mean, like, if we're going to do stuff that the Russians are going to take as, like, directly attacking them, then we've got a problem. You know, and I wonder if the reason is because maybe we can't provide just the planes on their own maybe we have to do like training and maintenance and other stuff like maybe they're not equipped to do that so then we end up more in an advisor role within ukraine you know and, and that's i think where where we start to like get I into don't the think slippery that's slope true. Of war i think that they're already one of the things that has panned out for the ukrainians is that almost everything is compatible the tanks are compatible with air tanks the shells are compatible with their shells. The guns are compatible with their guns. So they're seamlessly using Russian equipment that the Russians leave behind. I think that the the the, the poles were going to give the Ukrainians old um, old Mi twenty fives, which Ukrainians can fly. So so what's the problem here? What, what we're supposed to do is backfill the poles, and we're afraid to do that. This is a being a scared of Putin thing at a time when they should be. I think at, at this time. They, I mean, yeah. So, but do you think we should? Do a no-fly zone? No, God no. But I think we should let the Poles do what they need to to get the planes into Ukraine. And whether that's drive them in or whatever, uh, uh, Sean Maloney had talked about... So then what happens when Putin attacks Poland and now we're in a war because of NATO? Well, it, well then Putin's got uh, several fronts now to worry about, including Ukraine which we'd, we he's already being routed in, and he can explain, as the Ukrainians advertise the where's my son 800 number that Russian mothers are calling now, which they are. Do you know about this? Mm-mm. But I believe that. They've, they've created a call center now for Russian mothers. Ukrainians are doing this. Mm -hmm. So they can help them try to find their sons. It's brilliant, brilliant, uh, uh, um, not cyber warfare. What's it called? Um, Psychological warfare. Yes, yeah, psyops. It's it's brilliant, brilliant. So I uh, so I, I I'd be fine. You want to give want the Polish to give them stuff? Why not? If if Putin will have to deal with the, the idea that the Ukrainians and I mean, it does, if he wants a full ground war, which means he loses in Ukraine, he loses in Poland, unless he nukes everything, in which case he loses Russia. Assuming the world still works like that, which I'm not sure it does anymore. But so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what any of these answers there's are. There's two... But, but the, here's the problem. Mm -hmm. This story on from Reuters, mm -hmm. exclusive, Facebook temporarily allows posts on Ukraine war calling for violence against invading Russians or Putin's death. Mm -hmm. That ain't good. No, of course not. We've I told you earlier, Facebook loosened the rules about talking about the Azov Battalion. The neo-Nazi group right. in Ukraine that is anti-Russian. So, I, you know, like, it, it is interesting watching how 
how like quickly the rules shift, right? Well, right. But- when like we have a particular dog in a fight, right? It's like immediately all the social media misinformation rules. Very unfortunately, like I know a lot of conservatives who switched to DuckDuckGo as a search engine. Alice, instead this is of freaking Google. dangerous. Do you understand mm-hmm. what's happening? I understand. Meta platform Facebook will allow Facebook and Instagram users in some countries to call for violence against Russians <laughs> and Russian soldiers in the context of the Ukraine invasion according to internal emails seen by Reuters on Thursday, and a temporary change to its hate speech policy. Temporary change. Uh-huh. The social media company is also temporarily allowing some posts to call for the death of Russian President Vladimir Putin or Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko in countries including Russia, Ukraine, and Poland, according to interna- internal emails uh, to its current moderate- content moderators. 1941, Facebook temporarily allows calling to put Japanese-American citizens in camps. (laughs) As a result of the Russian invasion in Ukraine, we have temporarily made allowances for forms of political expression that would normally violate our rules like violent speech such as death to the Russian invaders. We still won't allow credible calls for violence against Russian civilians. Aww. Oh, thank a, you. A goodness. Thank goodness. Said, and we know that Facebook fact checkers are so careful and thorough. Oh, yeah, with we know some. Like that. <laughs> the, the calls for leaders' deaths will, will be allowed unless they contain other targets or have two indicators of credibility, such as the location or method, one email said in a recent change to the company's rules. The temporary policy changes uh, on calls for r- violence to Russian soldiers apply to Armenia, Azerbaijan, Estonia, Georgia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Romania, Russia, Slovakia, and Ukraine. According to one email, in the email recently sent to moderators, Meta highlighted a change in its hate speech policy pertaining both to Russian soldiers and to Russians in the context of the invasions. We are issuing a spirit of the policy allowance to allow T1 violent speech that would otherwise be removed under the hate speech policy. Targeting Russian soldiers, except prisoners of war. Okay. (laughs) Or targeting Russians where it's clear that the context is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We are doing this because we have observed that in this specific context, Russian soldiers is being used as a proxy for the Russian military. The hate speech policy continues to prohibit attacks on Russians, the email says. Mm. Last week, Russia said it was banning Facebook in the country, yada, yada, yada. This is the talk about the Defense Production Act. This is the overt weaponization of a, the social media, global social media giant, an American company. Well, the left ones based to- on based on the um, the uh, considerations of a bunch of uh, you know uh, Skittles eating, Pepsi light drinking addicts in Stanford, California. This is insane that we're letting them be part of the war. This is this is like, if- but that's all that the left knows how to do, right? They've eschewed actual war and actual diplomatic tools like sanctions and like like real things that we can do. And they're all Twitter activism. They're all dragging Coca Cola on Twitter because they won't pull out of Russia altogether. They're you know they're calling on boy the various groups to boycott. They treat. Russia, the exact same way as an entity, the same way they treat Ron DeSantis or Atlanta, Georgia for having bad election laws or whatever. It's all, they have only one playbook and it's all the same playbook. Yes, but Alice, this is, Facebook in some of these places is probably town meeting, school committee, the uh, the political structure of, it's a center for discourse. This is very dangerous. This is a very dangerous and irresponsible thing to do. Of course it is. Of course it is. It further, I mean, like, it it further blurs the line between Facebook and reality, right? Right. And it, it's got Facebook deciding to lesser a group of people mm-hmm. based on nationality. Right. Pretty GD dangerous stuff. Of course it is. Of course. So it when is. the Facebook community page of Tribunal decides what should happen to the Russians in the next town over, well, or you know, cutely coded, um, you know, 
trials by Facebook for Russian prisoners, whatever. Mm-hmm. What the frig are they doing? They, this is... Then this is... A, the last two years, we decided, and in really the last six years, but certainly the last two years, we decided that extraordinary events called for extraordinary measures in mm-hmm. at which the uh, law and principles could all be suspended like that. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we've got so good at it for the last two years that we've now used the template now in a war that most Americans know bleep about, nothing about. Right. Right. And it's spread everywhere. And it's it's especially problematic because, you know, people say like, well, they're a private company. Dun, dun, dun. First of all, these are monopolies. Like there's really no substitute for Facebook and there's really no substitute for Google. But the ones that do start to kind of exist, like, for example, a lot of people have been using DuckDuckGo instead of Google because they have like better privacy policies. They don't like sell all your information to show you ads. Right. But DuckDuckGo announced that they're going to be censoring Russian disinformation on their search engine as well as Google. So like one of the top competitors to Google is doing the exact same. So like when they're all working in a coordinated fashion. And we saw the Biden administration do this during COVID. They were directly putting pressure on the social media companies, telling them to censor people, telling them to censor disinformation. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, clearly they're doing this in line with U.S. stated U.S. foreign policy. They're seeing the same things where Saki's coming out and saying John Kirby's coming out. And it's John Kirby. Is yeah. that his name? Uh, the the same thing, like this is Russian disinformation. Anything about these biolabs is Russian disinformation. And they're going, okay, we're going to censor the disinformation now. And it's like, it. yes, technically speaking, it's not the government censoring anything. But when, when all the major providers of a service are taking their cues directly from the government to say who should not be allowed to to you know put information out there on the internet that people can find you know you run you you, you're really walking a very fine line between government censorship and private censorship right it it, that's i would say that's really government censorship you know it's it's like the government puts the talking points out there and all the private companies take them because they're so afraid of being regulated as monopolies, which they are and should be, right? So the the whole social media thing is super, super dangerous, right? But, you know, it and it's one of the things that, like, makes me question if the whole Ukraine... It makes me question the whole like timing of the whole Ukraine thing and how it's like this weird mass hysteria and coming right after COVID and all this stuff. And like coincidentally, everything about it aligns perfectly with the left's other priorities. Right. Mm -hmm. Like coincidentally, it also means that gas prices are going to go up, which means that not their fault, you understand. But it's a perfect time to get an electric vehicle. Right. It also it's also hashtag Putin spike. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. Then it's a Putin um, inflation as the well. The price hike is the Putin price hike. So, yeah, we got the inflation numbers today 7.9% annualized inflation in February, which is awesome. Um, and, and not only that, um, not annualized inflation, but year over year inflation. I, I, think I don't the, know what either means. I think so. the, the annualized rate of the February month over month inflation is like, it's going to end up being like 8 plus percent. But in any case, um, Inflation's high. It's the highest it's been since 1982, as you uh, were pointing out on your show today. And that's February inflation. Putin didn't invade Ukraine until March. So this is only getting worse from there. This hasn't taken into account any of the Putin price hike yet. You know, this is all that's all coming into the inflation numbers next month, which is this is a bad problem and you know the left's only prescription to deal with it is haha should have bought a tesla and now um the la times editorial board which you would think would be like sort of a prestigious uh Mm -hmm. group is calling for the u.s to use the defense production act to make duckless mini split heat pumps to put on your house so that we can be more fuel efficient now Forget the fact that those don't work if you live in New England. You still need to be on, like, gas or oil as your backup anyway if you live in a climate where it actually gets, like, seriously cold. They're not enough to combat New England winter. But anyway, 
The idea that, I mean, like, first of all, I don't think most average people had heard of the Defense Production Act before COVID, mm-hmm. and we used it to, like, make PPE or whatever. Right. Um, the fact that now we've, like, broken down that barrier, and now people are just like, let's just use the Defense Production Act for anything. War? Halfway across the planet? Let's use the Defense Production Act. Like, we're not at war with anyone right now, you know? Well, like, well that's a, a very good point here, but it isn't Because the Defense Production Act is supposed to be, like, when you're in World War II, and the government needs to, like, commandeer private resources well, for the war of effort. Of course, yeah. Which Ford needs to it make was tanks, already, in other words. Right. Yeah. COVID was a stretch, but, like, I get it. But Right, and they didn't really. I mean, it's the threat of it that got these companies to say, okay, we'll start making masks to shut these, yeah. these guys off. But the idea that now, like, any time, like, oh, and now well, and now this, this idea has been suggested. It's out there in the universe, and mm-hmm. people are going to keep saying we should do this after this for other things. Like, why not, like, even if the war between Russia and the Ukraine stops, like, we still need to combat climate change. That's a war for our very survival and for the very planet itself. Like, why well, wouldn't we use the Defense Production Act absolutely. to mass produce ductless mini splits for everybody? Like, that's, I mean, it's insane, but it's possible. Why not use the Defense Production Act to make stuff for people of color since uh, well, racism is a huge it, it, public health it, threat, me, as huge as COVID? Let me draw a corollary there, Alice. Uh-huh. Considering we, when you talk about racism, you talk about systems, right? Mm-hmm. And stakeholders, et cetera. Right. What happens when the FDA or the CDC tells private property owners that they can't evict people? It seems to me that that means that essentially the, their they private own your property. House. Yes, they own your house. You are the custodian of the house, but really the government owns your house if you don't have freedom to do with it what you will. Right. So what happens then when the government gets to dictate what the means of production? Mm-hmm. Um, are can do at any given time. Yeah, I hate to be a jerk, but <laughs> I think that's called something. <laughs> right? Why are we fighting Putin here when when he's you know he's the future? I mean, this is this is communist. This is craziness, and the idea that I, I'm not surprised because we suck now. We're at the worst ever. We're at the worst ever. James just said the other day. I think that he took it from our podcast. Mm-hmm. But he said, "Can't they Putin just nuke us already?" It's like you know what. I don't want Putin to nuke us, but if somebody wanted to nuke us, now's the time. We <laughs> suck. We do. Oh, really? I mean, I guess we do. Um, okay, should we get to death sentence? Well, oh, you want to say let's something do something happier first while we're talking gas and gas prices, um, which is, have you spent any time in New Jersey ever? Uh, really only drove through. Kind of with you. Yeah, you know? yeah mostly driving through it. Yep. It's the state is mostly highway. Yep. Is my impression. That's the joke, um, you know, is that I come from New Jersey. Yes, what exit? Get it? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did, I think, stay in a hotel there one time, not through, which was fun. Actually, it yeah. was lovely. It's a pretty yeah, out in the burbs. It's actually kind like, of a pretty state. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but the one of the interesting things about the highways in New Jersey is, um. New Jersey is one of the only or perhaps the only state left where uh, it's illegal to pump your own gas. Oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't talk about this today. So, you know, in Massachusetts for a long time, we had the you can't leave the gas pump. Like you weren't allowed to have the little clip that lets you set it up to go on its own. That was not allowed. And that was like a big deal. Finally, now we're allowed to like set the pump to just go and like go squeegee your windshield or whatever. But um Anyway, New Jersey, you're not allowed to pump your own gas at all. Like, it's not allowed. All the gas stations are full service. This is obviously, like, something that the gas station lobbying community has worked towards. Um, I don't know that, you know, but I guess people in New Jersey are used to it because there's, like, an impression that, like, you can't just let private citizens just... Pump their own gas. Like you need the experts who work at the gas station oh, right, to course. do things like that for you. Anyway, so lawmakers have re- have introduced a bill to allow gas stations to have self serve gasoline. And uh, there's been some new polling that's out now about this. And seventy three percent of the residents of New Jersey would like to keep it that 
they're not allowed to pump their own gas. Uh, 22% said they want it to change, and uh, 5% weren't sure if they want it changed or not. <laughs> that is effing perfect. That's perfect. Wave motion gun, aliens, Argo, let her rip right now. Just destroy us. So, I mean, I can understand, like, wanting there to be full service, like, so that you can get it if you want, but, I, you know... We need to have somebody do this. We're not we're not sure. We're just not comfortable. Holy God. But that's a high number. Like, I wouldn't have expected it to be 73% of the people. And I remember there was, like, a story like this a few years ago in another state that had this. I think maybe it was Oregon. Is that the state? That, the other state? I, mean, I forget if they did it or not. But anyway, I remember reading a story about it. And all the comments on the local news story from, like, people in Oregon were like... This is just the companies like trying to cut costs and making us do it ourselves and like evil corporations. Like they were sure that somehow it was like profiting the companies to take away their full service gas from them. And they're like, but if I do it, I could spill gas. My hand might smell like gas if I pump the gas. What if I'm smoking? <laughs> I know. I can't. So, oh, yeah. it's like you can imagine one of those infomercials with like, oh, oh, God. With the when you're in black everywhere. and white. Oh, and what? Like- <laughs> Come on. So, this is untenable. So, yeah, good luck, New Jersey. It's going to, I guess, probably stay like that now then. So you're still going to have to get full service gas in New Jersey. The other thing I don't like about I getting- pick. I oh. pick the ones I like. The thing I, the biggest thing I don't like about full service gas is I don't like having to hand my uh, credit or debit card to somebody and have them like walk off with it and then come back. Like, because yeah. I don't trust Can people. I play Donald Trump on this podcast where he talks yeah. about YMCA? Sure. But I love great music. So do you actually spin or no, do you, I don't spin, what do you use? I pick, I pick the ones I like. <laughs> I don't want to spin. I want to pick the ones I what's like. Your, what's your like go-to banger on the Well, box? I have a lot of them. I have a lot of them. You know a song that does get people moving, though? You know, I'll play beautiful, uh, I love Broadway stuff and, you know, Phantom of the Opera and Les Mis, et cetera. Uh, you know what gets them rocking? Y- YMCA. <laughs> YMCA is a track. It's an underrated know, track. Do you know, is it an underrated? I think so. Well, it gets a lot of views, I can say, but YMCA, uh, the Gay National Anthem. Did you ever hear that? They call it the Gay National Anthem. But YMCA gets people up and it gets them moving. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of good selections and people love it when I do it. What's the best song to like transition to? Like YMCA to what? Uh, maybe... Like uh, maybe Mo Bamba? Maybe hold on, I'm coming. Okay. <laughs> so 2 a.m., you go to YMCA to hold on, we're coming, and that just gets the crowd Well, going. you know, we just have a good time. But I love great music. So, Well, there you go. I, you know what? You know Trump what? should just keep doing this now forever. Don't bother with the presidency thing. Have somebody else do that who's like more interested in the nuts and bolts of that stuff. And Trump should just continue to, like, do interviews and, like, you know, talk about DJing and random things. Because he has a platform now. Like, I never would have tuned in to Donald Trump talking on a podcast before he was president. Would you? No. But there's something also about... First of all, Joe Biden is making Trump great again. Of course. Uh, second of all, there's that's some... always been the thing is that Donald Trump and the Democratic Party, in in particular Biden and the media, have been in a competition to see who can make me like them the least at right. any given time. So, like every time I'm like, oh, I can't, like I can't deal with Trump anymore. Please go away. The left acts so outrageous that I just, like, I, I. I have to like Trump again. It's it's impossible. It's a vicious cycle that I can't break out of. And, you know, there's something about, like, just the way he answered that. Mm-hmm. That it, it, it's, it's unlike anything anybody else would say. And it's familiar. And I think, you know, that's it's almost, he sounded like a Trump- takeoff like a comedian and i think that like he's kind of in that that's 
kind of charming. Mm-hmm. That he's not embarrassed that he likes to pick the songs. That's not play He picks them. Yeah. And he's into it. Yeah. And, and they're like corny songs. And he's not like... Trump is like one of the least self-conscious people I've ever... Like, he's not worried about seeming cool. He's not... He just, like, does his thing. He looks how he want to look. He says the stuff he wants to say. Like, he's just so unconcerned with... With how he's perceived by other people. You know what I mean? Yes. He just acts like how he wants to act. He likes the song YMCA. No one would pick that. If you were like a politician and somebody asked you like for your playlist. Okay. You wouldn't have that be one of the ones you'd pick to make people think you were cool. Not really. And if I did, (laughs) I wouldn't say it's the gay national anthem. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so like incredibly like could be considered offensive in so many ways. Like gays have the American national anthem. (laughs) But the fact that he says that tells you that he's. He doesn't see a difference in people. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Where's my African-American? He says into the crowd. Like, um, Jews are really good bargainers, he says to the crowd. Like, How do you? You can't say any of this stuff. I mean, it's unfree. It's, uh, like, it, but the fact that he does and that, mm-hmm. he's, that he's untethered to any type of political correctness or wokeism mm-hmm. is such an important, huge thing. And you and I countered him out after January 6th. He effed up and he, whatever. And that last year was not good. And Twitter was not good. But what, where he's coming from, loves the country, wants America to win, likes stuff big, beautiful, and tacky and whatever. And in this sentiment, this has me almost thinking, okay, I'll give you another shot. Let me ask you... Do you think that General Patton was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike, was he woke? I don't think so. I don't think he was too woke. He was the exact opposite. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true. It's true. Look at what's happening. I mean, what do you do? But just, where's the lie? <laughs> right. What do you do? But like, salute that he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, and we'll get to death sentence right now because he's he's the guy I really want to see run. But I hate to tell you, Alice, and I like you, and we're friends. Mm-hmm. Trump may be grown on me. No, you can't. We can't do that. We can't do that again. I can't do that again. It, it's a lot of. It's a lot of stress on the We're system not yard just from sign. our liberal friends uh, <laughs> freaking out all the time. It's like a lot to go through. Okay, this is the same. So, so yeah. yeah, so Disney has now, they've been bullied online because obviously Disney is a big industry in Florida. It's a big yeah. company that's in Florida. They have some pull over mm-hmm. uh, the Florida government. So everybody's screamed and yelled and kicked Disney on social media until... Uh, the Disney CEO has now agreed to meet with Ron DeSantis to talk to him about uh, the, the the don't groom little kids bill. Um, right. <laughs> which the left calls the don't say gay law, which... With which their- tells you you can't talk about sexual identity and gender identity with kids until they're at, in fourth grade. Which seems like an oddly, like, bare minimum bill, but that's fine. And you would think, like... Disney as a company that creates content for children would be on board. I mean, like, after all, there's not a lot of gender and sexuality content on Disney Plus. I can tell you that because they know their market and they're just doing their their thing. Right. Right. Um, But that being said, you know, Disney's been feeling the pressure. They went. The CEO is going to meet with DeSantis to talk to him about the bill. Nothing's going to happen. Disney's not going to leave Florida. But whatever, they're trying to make some motions to seem like they're trying to stop this terrible, horrible bill that's not going to allow psychotic teachers to groom your children. Right. Okay. And this is DeSantis today at some, just one of his daily national addresses. (laughs) 
And I also think that you have companies like a Disney that are going to say and criticize parents' rights. They're going to criticize the fact uh, that we don't want transgenderism in kindergarten and first grade classrooms. If that's the hill that they're going to die on, then how do they possibly explain lining their pockets with their relationship from the Communist Party of China? Because that's what they do. And that's true. The new live action Mulan movie was filmed in um, the same place where they have the Uyghur concentration camps. So and they had to like work with China and thank them. And the th- I mean, like, right. They- the Uyghurs had to stay inside. During the <laughs> so, so, you know, it, the whole thing's a mess. But but he's absolutely right. These companies don't care about what's right and wrong they care about where the money is so if they hear a loud enough mass on social media they'll make some motions but they're not gonna leave florida they're not gonna stop working with china they don't care about this stuff but you know there you go just Ron DeSantis being right again and uh the left not being able to deal with it uh, which is why I hope he'll be the uh, Republican nominee and not Trump. Um, I know I'm there with you, but it's just. Do we need to do a Kamala check-in? I know you probably okay. did that on your show, yeah. but uh, speaking of who Trump or Ron DeSantis could potentially be running against, this is her at a bilateral press conference, uh, standing next to the president of Poland. Um, when a reporter asks her and then him a question. And so it went. I wanted to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. (laughs) She's got a question she's supposed to be answering. She doesn't get it. She doesn't know what to do. She certainly doesn't have an answer to the question ready because that's uncalled for. A friend in need is a friend indeed. I can first. So okay, is that okay. her implying There's, that the Poland, the president of Poland is leaving her hanging somehow? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that she's laughing at a refugee question at a time of war. I mean, you didn't see FDR do that a lot or Churchill a lot, you know, during these addresses. Time. Uh, Madam, the situation is very... And he's answering the question. So there you go. The other one I have is... <laughs> Do we even bother? Go for it. Kamala once again decides to wing it. The UN has set up a process by which there will be a review and investigations, and we will, of course, participate as appropriate and necessary. But we all watched the television coverage... Of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. <laughs> Holy God. Where are we? What? Where are we now? What does that even mean? I don't know. We're floating in space now and just went down a magical you know, Milky Way slide. And- <laughs> when you randomly pause at random points in your sentences... You can see the pinwheel, the Macintosh pinwheel going. Like, okay, okay. Your content more weighty. Buffering, buffering. <laughs> but just limited to what we have seen. Pregnant women going for health care? Being injured by. She even watches TV half assed. <laughs> like, just watch the show. We know you're not going to read the pile of stuff over there we have for you. Please just watch the show. Was it women going for health care? That's one thing. Really? And I don't say this lightly. The women on The View are more informed than Kamala about what's going on. Yes. I don't know, missile or bomb? I don't know. (laughs) In an unprovoked, unjustified war? Where a powerful country is trying to take over? Oh, God. 
Another country violate its sovereignty, its territorial integrity for the sake of what? Nothing that is justified or provoked? The translator must be like, <laughs> I must be not as good as a, at, at this as I thought because I can't make sense of any. This doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Why does I've, every clause of every sentence have a question mark at the end of it? To too? put the onus back on you. That's what it is. Stop well, listening to what and, I'm saying and contemplate my questions. So instead. when she was on the podcast the other day and they asked her to explain the Ukraine conflict in layman's terms, and she said Ukraine's a little country and Russia's a big country mm -hmm. near it and it invaded it, you thought that was just for the benefit of the podcast host and the audience that she thinks they're dumb, that she like dumbed it way, way down for them. But that's actually just her whole understanding of the whole right. situation. It's almost as if like at times she's... Actually, that's why the inflection is that she's asking us. <laughs> it's she really in, wants to yeah. know what's going on. It's in women the and they were getting their health care, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know, bombs, missile. I don't know. I mean, we're seeing it on the TV. Absolutely, there should be an investigation. And we should all be watching. And I have no question the eyes of the world are on. <laughs> this war <laughs> and what Russia has done in terms of this aggression and these atrocities. I have no doubt. There should be an investigation. And I'll I watch think... it. I'll watch it. As Vice President of the United States, there should definitely be an investigation. And I'm going to watch. I'm going to keep watching what's going oh. on. Maybe I'll learn something. Says An investigation. There's war. Hitler is in the Sudetenland. You know what? There should be an investigation. You don't really have to investigate. <laughs> their army is now in their country. Women in the healthcare, they're just trying to get, that's her trying to be clever, to try to tie in, like, women's issues. I'm surprised there wasn't, like, black, indigenous, and people of color and, oh, yeah. and LGBTQ2SIA+. Uh, the problem is, you don't go to root causes when both sides are white. You know, that doesn't, mm. that does no good. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Hopefully you can make it through that painful Kamala part there. I don't know if you're still here, but if you are, you can find us on Twitter. That's at Burn Barrel Pod. We're also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel .com. You can email us, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Um, or what else can you do? You can go on YouTube, Rumble, uh, and all the other places you like to listen to podcasts. Say la vie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.